0: Welcome back to the E Hunter Podcast, everybody. Super stoked to be back with you guys for this podcast. We're coming to the time of year when a lot of us are walking the mountains aimlessly looking for sheds. So, um, on this podcast today, I have none other than uh, Shed Crazy himself. And I would mess up his last name if I try it. Well, I'll, I'll try it Ben Dedamonti. Ben, I'm sorry if I messed that up, brother, but uh, um, super stoked to have Ben on here. He's been on the podcast with, with us in the past as part of the uh, Canvas Cutter group, but super stoked to have him back with us uh, this week. So we're going to talk about shed hunting, give you guys some tips and tricks, ways to find more shed antlers out there in the field. So he's going to join me. Seth will be here. Should be a good time. Hopefully give you guys some good tips and tricks. And also just have a lot of fun. So anyways, guys, let's jump into it. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Super stoked about this podcast. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. So we're, we're coming into the, the shed hunting season. I know a lot of people, it's crazy how like everybody look, almost looks more forward to shed hunting than they do actual hunting these days. I, I don't know what that, what the deal is with that, but. Had a lot of questions come in, and, and I want to ask some questions and, and give some pointers and tips about shed hunting, but I thought, you know, who who better than have the Shed Master himself on the podcast with us? So so today we invited Ben, and Ben, I'm going to mess up your last name. Is it Dedamonte? Is that how I say it?
1: Yeah, you nailed it. That's perfect. Yes!
0: Got it. I, you know, I... I... I'm all right with that. So Ben, super excited to have have you on here, man. I, I'm pretty sure most everybody knows you, but if if you wouldn't mind, maybe just take a few minutes and, and tell everybody who you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. My name's Ben Detamonte. Uh, I go by Shed Crazy on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, all other social platforms. And uh, I've just been picking up antlers full time for about five years now, and making stupid videos on the internet. <laughs> they're not stupid, dude. I kind of like them. <laughs> well, I mean, I like them too, but they are stupid.
0: <laughs> it's funny. There's like a few channels that like I'm, I'm pretty like, it, once, the, once the video comes out, I'm pretty quick to, to watch them. Yours is definitely one of them because I don't know. I, I like your videos because they're they're just real. It's just who you are and, and that's what's cool about it. I think a lot of these people blow a lot of smoke and uh, it's nice just to, to see the real deal, you know?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: So... Well, cool. So you've been picking up antlers for a while, haven't you? You said five years you've been doing it full time?
1: Yep. Yeah. I quit my job January 2017 uh, and I started doing it and I did it pretty much for like maybe 10 years leading up to that. I was obsessed with it. So, um, made the jump to full time, which is, is weird still to think about. It feels pretty normal now, but, uh, it's not really like a career path. So, um, it's been good though. It's been a lot of fun. I got to go some amazing places and, and make some videos and it's been fun.
0: And are you involved, you're involved in a couple of So you and I talked a while ago with the, the canvas cutter crew, are you still involved with them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a small owner and canvas cutter uh, partner over there. I started uh, just as kind of like a, an affiliate, I guess, uh, several years ago and, uh, became really good friends, like family with the owners of canvas cutter and, and they were kind enough to cut me in on the deal. So I've been working with them full time or not full time, I guess, very part time for the last few years.
0: Nice. That's awesome, man. That's that's cool. You're like the uh, like everybody's dream of what they want to do. I mean, we all want to hunt for a living in some way, shape, or form, and, and you're doing it. So, man, kudos to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, and he's a, he's a local, you know, Southern Utah boy too. So, I, I got to give him props for that too. So,
1: yeah, 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 the good part of the state for sure.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Seth. This, we were saying this before we hit record, but poor Seth is is in the the wrong side of the state. Yeah. Seth, you're not even gonna rebuttal At least it's that. It's not Salt Lake County. Right. That's true. It does no. get worse.
1: It gets bad, and then it gets <laughs> better. Like once you get out of Salt Lake County, it gets good again. Yep,
0: yep. So it's true. Not too- oh, Seth, dude, your your internet yeah. must be sucking because I can't hear a thing. You still there, Ben?
1: Yeah, I'm here. All right. He just went to froze mode.
0: Yeah, that's, that's that Spanish Fork uh, internet for you, mm-hmm. right there.
1: Yeah, weak, weak Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love this, uh, you know. It's funny. I, I love this wow. virtual stuff and being able to have Zoom and all those things. Uh, you got to deal with this kind of stuff when you when you. Have oh yeah, it, so always is what it is. Well, let's yeah, jump in. T- let's jump into to shed hunting. Uh, so, like I said, I, I really just want to give some tips and tricks. There's a lot of people that are new into shed hunting, and you know, for the most part, it, it can be as simple as walking around the mountains aimlessly looking for a an antler on the ground. But, um, I do think there are some, some things that you can do to help improve, um, your shed hunting experience, make it a better experience, find more antlers and and just have fun. And so, so Ben, I want to ask you, like, what are some of the things that you do, um, to help you find more, to prepare better things like that?
1: Well, like hunting, um, the more scouting you do, the more success you're going to have. Um, if you spend time out in the Hills and if you go out during the winter, you kind of have a general sense of where the majority of the bucks or the bulls are hanging out. You're always going to up your odds by doing that. Um, nowadays, it seems like the game comes down to kind of beating the next guy as well as much as anything. So if you can narrow down your search area from the get go, like you're going to be so much better off. And if you want to pick up and target specific animals too, like you need to be checking up on them very often and doing everything you can to like not disturb them and let them just drop their antlers and to maximize your chances of finding them. But uh, there's a lot of different things you can do. Scouting, I think, is the most important thing that people probably skip, and uh, it's the best way all around to up your chances of finding more sheds.
0: So, like, when you're scouting, are you going out and and glassing just to, just to kind of find out where the herds are at? Or are you looking sp- for specific, you know, pockets, or or you just just how I guess how do you scout when you're looking?
1: So I like to target specific animals. Like if I'm trying to pick something up, if it's a mule deer, I'm definitely like targeting a specific buck mm-hmm. because to go out and find a whole bunch of mule deer antlers to me is cool, but, uh, big deer sheds is, is, king, um, as far as that goes. So I'll just be watching a specific buck and it's hard because you'll kind of start watching them in that transition period after the rut and they can cover so much country when they're rutting, you know, they're just all over the map, chasing does, and then they'll kind of settle in after the rut for a little bit and like feed and try to heal up and put some weight on mm-hmm. and that's the best time to find them consistently but once that green grass starts growing in the spring they're gonna chase that grass to higher elevation so you really have like a window where you have to find them in between the rut and the rest on the winter range before they start like kind of moving back up
0: you know i, I I've talked to a few other guys that um use elevation as kind of their, their key, how you were saying, as soon as that grass starts to grow, they start to move up uh, to get up to that grass, not higher elevation. And they target like, like depending on where they're at, but like say 7,000 feet to 8,000 feet is really where they try to look at Cause that's usually where the deer are or elk are or whatever. Do you do that? Or do you just kind of just go out really everywhere?
1: Uh, for elk sheds, I'm really elevation based. Like I, I tend to like start my search in a general area just in that elevation that you said between seven and 8,000 feet, some bulls will move up higher and they'll get on those windswept faces. Um, and there always will be bulls lower, like in the sagebrush and in the pinions and stuff, but the bulkier animals, I think, especially elk like to hang at that elevation. And then you just kind of start narrowing it down, like, uh, like windswept. If there's a place where the bulls could get feed in the winter or where they could lay in the sun and get warm, those always tend to like hold a few more antlers.
0: I think that's a good tip because, you know, a lot of people, it's funny because a lot of people, as soon as the hunts get over, they don't go to the outdoors, you know, like it starts to snow, it starts to get cold and and holidays or whatever, they just, they don't go outside. And so for those guys that don't go outside, it's a good opportunity to be like, okay, well, I I can kind of target this elevation and, and focus on that. Is So when you're scouting, do you, are you out all winter long? Are you looking December and January? Or are you waiting closer as it gets to like when they're going to drop their antlers, which is usually around, you know, end of February. middle well, I guess middle of February is when they start dra- dropping their antlers. Are you more focused on that time? Or are you all winter long?
1: Um, I will go out like starting in November and I'll just try to get like a general feel for where they're at. So I'm not having to narrow it down so much. Mm-hmm. The problem I have now is I like, have started doing all these late hunts. Like it seems like I'm hunting all the way through December and January now. So it kind of kills the time that I used to spend out. Like I used to go out the whole month of January, almost like every week and just go look for herds of bulls in Nevada Mm -hmm. and try to find them. And then as the, you know, the season got closer to them dropping and losing their antlers, I was out there more and more and more frequently just so I could keep tabs on exactly like what face they were on. Cause a lot of those desert bulls will move. They'll move like the week before they shed, it seems like, Oh, really? I don't know if they just get like a wild hair, or if they feed off a slope to, to where like, maybe they got all the food gone there and they'll bump like half a mile or a quarter mile over to a different face. And so I was always trying to like do that because I used to just go out in the winter, I'd see bulls and I'd leave and I'd come back like late March and I'd wonder why there wasn't any sheds on the face. And it's because a lot of times those elk, especially out there, they're kind of weird. Like I've had herds of bulls will be watching them like really high elevation and you go to check on them and they're all down in the flat. For some reason, they just walk clear down, go mess around. I don't know if they get bored or what, (laughs) or else they'll bounce into like another Canyon on the back of the range or the shady side of the hill sometimes. So it's just like the more, the better, really, if you can keep tabs on them, you're going to find more and more of their antlers.
0: It is tough to do when it's, you know, when there's a lot of snow outside and it, it, it is tough to get out there and do that. But I agree with you, Ben. I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. You know, I may not go out every single weekend, but I'll go out, you know, at least like, you know, every third week just to kind of keep tabs on where they're at, where the, where the herds are at, where the, like you were saying in the beginning, like targeting a specific buck, you know, I'll, a lot of times I'll find that buck during the, you know, the rut in November and mm-hmm. then really try to kind of keep tabs on that buck to hopefully get his sheds when he drops them. So I'll try to go out every few weeks and and try to keep tabs on him. It's kind of tough though, especially with mule deer. Mule deer, I don't know, man, they turn into ghosts. I I don't know what it is about those things.
1: Well, they can hide so easy. They're they're not typically herded up like the bulls are, you know? Yeah. Like if you find a bull that you want to pick up, he's usually hanging around with like five or six other bulls and unless he's really old and ornery. So like you can usually glass up some of the bulls that he's with. And if you know what they look like, you can say, "Oh well, at least I know where the herd's at, even if you don't see him specifically." Yeah. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I've actually started enjoying, or really more pursuing elk antlers. One, I mean, you get more money for them. There's a lot of people who do it because you can sell them and make money, and it's 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 kind of cool. But yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just fun picking up a big old bull elk antler. You know, there's just oh, something yeah. special about it.
1: Yeah, totally, man. I'm 100% team elk. Like
2: No, you guys can have elk. <laughs> all the, all the deer shit's for me.
1: <laughs> I'll take that trade off all day. Like if I can pick up 10 pounds of antler, you know, that's 10 deer horns or one elk horn, I'll take the elk horn. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you do a lot of selling? Do you sell a lot of those antlers?
1: Oh yeah, I sell 99% of what I find.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I have
1: I mean, I think I own like maybe 15 elk horns. Wow. So yeah, I've sold all, I've sold everything from the biggest to the big I've ever found. Um, I sold a 406 set that I picked up. Um, so I just get to the point, like, for me, it was, I w- when I started doing this, I was super broke, right? Like, right. I was just trying to do anything I could to keep this afloat. So we'd have really good days. We'd pick up a lot of sheds, and I'd be calling the antler buyer on the way home from the trip, being like, meet me, dude, let's go. <laughs> just try to, like, keep this thing floating, you know? And uh, I actually remember, like, having enough money to go to nevada and not having enough gas money to get home and being like all right i got to figure out how i'm going to pick up enough sheds this week and get them sold and so i can get home from nevada wow um, i mean it's always been a money related thing to me it's not all about the money the excitement to me it's finding the antlers right. seeing the bulls like i love all that but it's always been a financial thing too so just well, is what it is
0: to do it full time man i mean you got to be you got to make money i mean right. at the end of the day we got to make money so man that's that's amazing what uh for people that have never sold antlers what's kind of the going price for antlers
1: it varies year to year based on supply and demand the cool thing right now is that everybody's so geeked out on their pets that you can sell them for a ton because uh dog shoes are so like popular yeah so um if you go to like just a straight antler buyer he'll give you just a, a price based off of grade you know per pound fresh brown elk i think right now is like 16 to 17 bucks a pound. Um wow. Like hard white elk is so usually like 10 to 12 and then uh chalk it just kind of depends on your buyer like i've got as high as 5 bucks a pound for for chalk antler. So i mean you pick up a nice heavy elk shit it could be 120 130 bucks.
0: That's amazing. We probably shouldn't have said that cuz now everybody's listening to this podcast like oh freak i can go on the mountains and make money.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. A bunch of people are pissed at me for telling people what they're worth, but it, I mean, it is, it is. Just it is I was going to say,
0: you can probably Google search it and find that I, so I haven't sold antlers for a couple of years. Um, I've kind of got a pile going on over here, right? Actually got quite a b- bit right here next to me, but, um, I think the last time I sold them, it was like 12 or $13 for a, for a nice Brown, uh, you know, fresh shed. Mm-hmm. And so if it's gone up to 16, that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting real good prices lately, but I think that's kind of the bump is just accounted. I mean, it's it's dog juice. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, that's like everything else. You know, everything else is going up in price. Look what Biden's done with our gas prices. Right. So you know, it's going up.
1: Inflation, yeah.
0: <laughs> so no, that's cool. Going back to the the, the scouting and the and and whatnot. Um, so no, I think that's a fantastic idea as far as getting out there all we all winter long, as much as you possibly can. I mean, I get it, it it is hard to get out there, but I do think as it comes closer to that February mark, when when the antlers are going to stop drop, start dropping, it's really important to be out there and kind of locate them. And, um, what I find, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I find that, you know, the elk are dropping their antlers quite a bit earlier than the, the, the deer, obviously they're heavier and they, I feel like they're trying to get them off their heads. Do you see that same thing?
1: it depends where you're at. Like it totally varies state to state. It varies elevation wise, like in areas that hold a lot of snow and higher snow density, the muleys are dropping a lot earlier. Oh. So like, um, even, I mean, there's some kids I follow right now that are from like Idaho and Wyoming and stuff. And they've been picking Browns up for like three, four weeks. Oh, um, shoot. Wow. yeah. So and they're out there getting the early ones, you know, they're right on the range with them. So, I mean, people have their opinions about that or whatever, but I find that most elk, um, you know even in around here like I don't really start picking up browns consistently until like the end of March early really? April so um there are always outliers there's always a bull that'll dump like the first week of March mm-hmm. but the bulk of them I think hit the ground in April gotcha
0: that's kind of what I'm seeing too. I guess we, we probably go to, to similar areas Um, that's kind of what I'm I'm seeing as well I'll, I'll see a few in you know end of February first part of March but it's very few. I'm with you. It's about the end of March, first part of April before I really am able to find quite a few browns.
1: Yeah, so. I think that mature bulls dump them really early, but you know, most of your raghorns and your younger bulls and stuff are holding on to them for quite a bit longer.
0: You think that's just weight related?
1: Could be. I don't know. Um, I've thought about that, and then, like I think it's a lot of its maturity and experience too. Like a big bull knows when he's getting close, mm-hmm. and like I think they speed the process up. I think that they kick them off or dump them or you know try to get rid of them I think they it can, know, know it's coming
2: it could be the health of the animal too I yeah, think, yeah I think they're so. not doing so hot they'll dump them early
1: i, I think, think so yeah It's a good point
0: dude if i was an elk and i'm carrying around you know that much weight on my head i would get that off as fast as i freaking could
1: yeah for sure <laughs> yeah, get rid of those things
0: <laughs> so cool well I, I think that's great um Seth, anything else that you do for scouting that you wanted to add to that? I was just going to ask him. So he was
2: talking about elevation and, and whatnot uh, for deer and elk. But what do you do in a situation where the topography, where the deer are wintering, it's pretty similar. Like it's all one elevation. There's particular spots that you would focus on if you're looking for a deer shed or would you just cover ground?
1: Um, well, they can be anywhere for sure, but it seems like they do concentrate in those places that the June grass comes up first and you know, that cheat grass. Um, if there's openings out in the sage, you know, sometimes they'll get those big sage flat flats, but then they'll have like the draws and the meadows in the bottom of them. Um, I think they go out and they feed on those. So they're likely to be there anywhere that they can get out of the wind as well, uh, when they're bedded down and then like anything where they can get a little bit of elevation or topography to feel a little bit safer, they'll tend to kind of like magnet. So if I'm looking at just like a huge basin that's all the same elevation i'm always going to go in the trees first and then anything with topography at all like even if it's just little rolling hills a uh, little washes that they might be traveling i'm always going to check that first
0: okay cool i love that that's that's really good that's those are really good pointers for someone that hasn't been out there go to those trees go to those washes you know a lot of people will find game trails and just follow game trails as, as long as they can hoping that they'll find something but a lot of times the animals don't you know, aren't traveling those. And so you kind of got to get outside that. Do you grid things like, I guess probably when you find something, you probably grid things, but have you put grids together for areas that you're like, Oh, this, this holds a lot of animals. I want to hit just every inch.
1: Oh yeah. Like I have a spot that I've been hitting for like 10 years in Nevada. That's just, it's just this one set of Hills and I've been working my way from the North to the South. I have every basin marked. I have all my tracks marked and I've just been working my way down um and just cleaning it up and uh-huh. then like every once in a while i'll break off and go back to the other end you know and go check some stuff out but i've been trying to cover that whole range and so like if you saw you know my map it's just like you know there's nothing for miles and miles but there's this one range that i love i've been trying to clean the whole thing up nice that's awesome that's i'm glad that you brought the maps
0: because that was one of the things that i had written down as far as a a tool or something that i use to help improve my shed hunting like anytime i pick up a shed. I've got a waypoint and then i've got like tracks that i that i put on there it, yep. it kind of gets ridiculous when you look at my map too yeah,
1: yeah for sure <laughs> well it's i mean that's like the biggest tool like and there is a killer app i know a lot of guys um have their app that their maps that they prefer and stuff but um the one that is like truly geared towards shed hunters is scout hunt i don't know if you guys have heard of that one or not but it's uh it's like legitimately built for shed hunters it has awesome tools in it like you can find a shed and you'll mark it and be like, oh, is it a left or a right? You pick, oh, it's a right. And then, like, what species is it? Did you match it up? Um, and then if you find the match to it, you can tie it to that other waypoint. So then you'll know like, oh, I found this one this far away. And then it also builds a catalog of all your antlers. It's like, oh, you found this many deer sheds, this many lefts, this many rights, this many elk. It's sweet. Like it's actually geared towards shed hunters. It's bad.
0: It's is, awesome. How much does it cost?
1: So that one has a free version that's killer. Oh, Yeah. Like the trap has awesome tracker on it. Basically everything that you get from a normal subscription, like a paid subscription Uh for free all the public and private. And then they do have a few paid features. Um, Some of the, like the roads features are paid features. Um, But like they have a, they have an elevation band feature too. So you can filter by elevation and it'll show you like different colors on the map of different elevations. And then like, they have like active burn scars like all the big, you know, all the other ones have, but tons of tools and information. And it's kind of a sleeper, it flies under the radar.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't. I, I've heard of Scout to Hunt, but I've never really like looked into it. I mean, there, there's the big ones out there, you know, Onyx mm-hmm. and Base Map, and, you know, I, I, those are the popular ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't looked into to Scout to Hunt, especially if there's a sweet free version.
1: Yeah, it is, it's like, it's it's killer. And, and um, you know, I use all of them. I've used every single one of them. And I just love this one because it's actually just geared for shed hunters
0: nice that's a perfect app for you man
1: That's, that's oh, yeah it was built for you <laughs> hashtag ad right yeah there. i was gonna say that was like
0: a sweet shameless plug speaking of right. making right. money we ought to get that you know a little yeah, kickback scout, for that.
2: scout the hunts. oh it's sliding, sliding hundred dollar bills oh yeah don't worry about it what's going on <laughs> yeah
0: that's right we'll make sure and put a mark there hey right here check this out yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that, again that's that's a tool that i have used because if i if i find that shed then i know they've been there i know they shed there so they're always you know i'm always gonna be able to go back there and probably find them so i want to ask you about that place that you've been going for for 10 years where exactly no i'm just kidding
1: yeah um, <laughs> send you a pin
0: yeah send me send me a pin of that no like a lot of people think that okay once i found one here you're it's just it's like lightning strike it's not going to be the same place twice are you finding a lot of stuff in the same place
1: um, yeah. And I, I, try to give it time to refill. Like I won't go back and hit the exact same ridge. Like I won't, I'll give it a couple of years okay. in between. Cause I like to go back and find whites and stuff. And, um, as it's gotten more popular, there are a couple guys that hit it. Now I never saw a boot track there for like the first like seven or eight years that I was hitting it. And now wow. there's a couple guys there. Um, but it's just one of those spots. Like the first time I ever went in there, it was totally a random spot. I had half a day. Couldn't, I mean, nowhere to go. I'm like, I'll just pull over and try this place. So I went and walked and I ended up picking up just this huge, like bladed palmated bowl, like a three seventy five type bowl. And I still have a, I have one of his sides still. It's one of my keepers. Um, and then I picked up like six or seven, just pink chalkers, just old, old, old chalkers. So I'm like, oh, this is gold. And it hasn't been touched. And between, I mean, all that time I'm, I used to know, but I'm like two or 300 elk sheds off of that one little range that I've picked up over the years. Holy crap. Just like a spot where you can always pick up like five. Wow. Dude,
0: that's a lot of sheds.
1: Good night. I was picked a ton off of that. And like, I went in there with some buddies, you know, between everybody and two hard days, you know, we pick up like 30. So it's, it's fun.
0: That's wild, man. That's a cool spot. I've got a couple spots like, no, nothing like that. I'm not finding that many antlers on it, but... I found a couple spots where I feel like nobody's gone. I haven't seen a boot track, which is really rare today. Cause like we said in the beginning, there's so many people getting into shed hunting and I swear I see more people on the mountain when I'm shed hunting than I do any other time of the year. But no, that's not true. Colorado third season rifles got more oh, yeah. people than anybody, yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: but a uh, shed hunting's getting pretty popular. And so to find areas that don't have people, that's, that's really huge.
1: It's almost as good as finding sheds. Really, it really like, is. I didn't, I didn't find anything, but there's nobody here. So that's cool.
0: Yep, exactly. Could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. There are some of these areas like I'll, I'll look for, sh- for trucks when I'm going out oh, yeah, looking yeah. for a shed spot. And if I see a bunch of trucks, I'm like, yeah, there's, this is where they're at. So let's go see what we can find.
1: Well, that's all my strategy for the Nevada opener is I just drive around and look for trucks, GPS trucks, mm-hmm. and you know, where, where all the good spots are.
0: That's right. Make sure look for the stickers in the back window. So if there's a sticker that says shed crazy in the back window, that's probably okay. where it sheds. <laughs> a good spot. Just
1: know that guy doesn't know how to shed.
0: Huh? <laughs> uh, um, you kind of talked about going to other states that's something i wanted to talk to you about as well today because i know that i know you go to, to quite a few different states and, and there's a lot of different regulations some states like uh is it yeah here in utah so i just moved back to utah so i'm trying to figure out what everything is so here in utah we can't shed hunt until no we can we can shed hunt right yeah. now right
2: you have yeah to have it's a, open you have okay. to have a certificate mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you, you have to do the ethics course, right? On Online. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's free. It takes like three minutes. It's just super basic common sense. Common so. sense. Yep. Okay. Common sense. Yep. So
0: when I moved away six years ago, you didn't have to do all that junk. You just kind of went out in the hills and, and shed hunted. So it's a little bit different now. But Colorado, I believe it's uh, May 1st is when you can start. What, what's Nevada?
1: Nevada is May 1st as well. Um, it's only the counties that border Utah. Um, oh. It's not. Yeah. So they basically just did it cause it was getting shed hunted hard by Utahns. Mm. Um, and then Colorado is only part of the state. I can't remember. It's like West I 70 or something. I don't remember exactly what the boundaries are.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then Idaho has some areas that are winter closure. Uh, I think, uh, I know Wyoming does too. And then I can't remember if Montana does or not, but a lot of States have like specific wilderness areas or like a range or whatever, uh-huh. but there's a few States like, nevada and colorado that shut down like the bulk of the state
0: it's interesting that they would close down just the counties that border utah i mean that's right that's kind of silly so we can go in past uh i don't even know where the where the county line is and and go shed hunting and we're good
1: yeah you got to drive quite a ways um to get out of those counties but yeah you can there is part of the state that remains open all year
0: that's silly interesting you you
2: you tards man will get you every time i'm telling you that's (laughs) what it is
1: well 100 percent like i mean they even said that i think i i will i listened to all the meetings when they put that shed uh ban into effect and when i read that it went into effect i was actually in nevada picking up sheds so i was super pissed (laughs) um but I've complained about that enough for everyone. I think I made like a year's worth of videos about nothing but talking crap about Nevada.
0: I was going to say, I remember he, I remember some of your videos talking crap about Nevada. You've talked cra- a little bit of other crap about Nevada too.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot to say. And it's all right. Like, I, It's all in good fun to a yeah. degree. But I had a deadhead that I had to turn in in Nevada. Um, I think it was, I found it like when COVID was just barely starting to go wild. Like, And it was a big bull and then uh, the key, so I keep called the fishing game guy and I ended up meeting with him like a year later. He's like, just bring it to my house. And he kept looking at me like side-eyed the whole time I was turning this deadhead over to him. He's like, dude, where do I know you from? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I don't know, man. I just shed on, you know? And he's like, uh, I think, I think they showed us some of your videos in one of our officer trainings. I was like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, you were, you were pretty mad about the shed ban, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. He's like, yeah, I think we saw some of your videos in a meeting one time
0: oh man dude that's wild
1: yeah that was fun
0: so the shed crazy educational video series yeah i don't know
1: if it was like i like to think that it was like their boss was like you know pulled down a whiteboard and was like here's the target yeah. i'm sure i'm sure it was just like Guys, this show is up. this is the enemy number one right, yeah, here. right that's right i'm sure it was just somebody passing the phone around or whatever but i thought it was funny
0: that's hilarious There's a lot of people that were upset. Well, like, so the Wyoming deal, holy moly, dude, we got so many comments about the the different closures in Wyoming. It's confusing for one. I mean, because it's certain areas and certain dates, and it's it's just hard to know when you can and can't go out. But, man, we got so much response when we had articles up about the the Wyoming closures and how ridiculous, Mm -hmm. ridiculous it was. I mean, I get why they do it as far as they want to let the animals not be disturbed for a little while but I also understand they're they're still getting disturbed. It's, it's just part of the life that they live. So wh- what's your take on all that, Ben?
1: Uh, I generally oppose shed seasons. I think that like if the fishing game were really um, scientific with it, if they had done range studies on a specific area and they're like, yeah, this area is more susceptible to winter kill. Um, maybe there's higher snow levels here. And so we're going to close down everything from this elevation to this elevation, just to give the wildlife a break. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay with that. What I don't like is when they make it a social issue. And I feel like that's what it's done. Most of the time they put these into effect. People complain because there's too many shed hunters and then they go, you know, go put a season into effect when the reality is, is like in Colorado, if you say you're rabbit hunting, you can go do the exact same thing that you would do if you were shed hunting. But it's now legal because you're not gonna bend over and pick up an antler. So to me, it's just like doesn't make any sense at all. And you look at Nevada, you can hunt lions, you know, yeah. you can run hounds while the animals are on the winter range. There's late cow elk hunts, you know, there's things going on while the animals are on critical winter range. So I don't really buy that. And then also most of the state of Nevada doesn't have any issue with snowbound or snowpack anyway. So right. it's just it to me, it was like a Utah did it that one year. And I think everybody else kind of just piggybacked off of that.
2: Yeah. When, when Utah did that. So during my day job, I get a ton of the division of wildlife guys in and all the conservation officers to a man were like, we hate this. Mm-hmm. We already have harassing wildlife laws in place. If I mm-hmm. see someone harassing them, I go give them a ticket. Yeah. Don't yeah. make me manage chasing shed hunters when they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. So the conservation side <clears throat> the enforcement side, they hated it. It was obviously some big scheme (laughs) they thought was going to be a good idea and their people hated
1: it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the the view I got from even the Nevada guy that I talked to (laughs) is it's the, they all just said it was basically unenforceable because um, the amount of covered or country that they, each officer would have to cover in order to effectively enforce it. They're just totally unable to do that. So I think that in a lot of ways, when you take the shed hunters out of the field that time of year, they lose their eyes and ears. You know, like I think the person most likely to turn somebody in harassing wildlife is another shed hunter. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody chasing a deer and elk on a four wheeler, I, mean, I know I would call them in every single time. Oh, well, yeah. Yep. So to me, I don't, I don't think there's an overall benefit for the wildlife. I think it's just like to appease uh, the people who are complaining. Makes sense.
2: Greasy whale or greasy whale gets the grease or what? Yeah. Squeaky, squeaky whale, squeaky there whale gets the grease. Squeaky whale gets the grease. Yep. Yeah, for yeah.
0: sure. I don't know. I think it's similar to the the new laws that Utah's coming out with as far as like the the trail camera <laughs> bands and things like that. I agree with don't you. Don't dive man. into it. Don't dive <laughs> into <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're gonna get me all sorts of pissed dude. Off. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> but I know. it's but Ben's right. It's a it's a freaking social issue, is what it is. It has nothing to do with CWD. Are you freaking kidding me? No, it, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's a it's a social issue.
1: That's right. Yeah, they feel like they need to regulate fairness. Yeah, you know, when it comes to hunters, and like I think that like obviously that's a conversation that needs to be had. But I think we as hunters can decide what our line is of fair chase. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that like within reason, but I think it'd be super easy too to put that to a vote amongst hunters. Yeah. Like obviously things that need to be science based need to go through the division. That's why we have biologists. That's why they do range studies. That's why they study, you know, everything they do about wildlife. But when it comes down to an opinion issue, whether a trail camera is ethical or not, just put a little button in the application portal that says, "Do you think that hunters should be able to use trail cameras or not?" And if the majority of hunters want to get rid of it, scrap it. Yeah. That's funny. Well,
2: the the funny thing about that whole thing is that survey the only thing hunters in utah wanted to get rid of was the ones that automatically transmit to your phone right but then they started talking about it, and the boards like ah we're just going to ban them all and i get it because it's kind of an enforcement thing like how are you going to enforce one and not the other but still you didn't follow even what your survey told you to follow
1: (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's the frustration is you get seven guys and they make that decision and it's better than than the legislature you know like the first time they tried to pass it through the state that was like a hundred percent the wrong way to go. Um it's better that it comes through the wildlife board, but I think we can do better.
0: I agree. Yep. Definitely. Just makes me crazy. It's just I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like it's just so much overreach. Like you said, put it to the hunters. Let us let us decide. I, you know, I, I don't even know had it, I didn't have an option to submit my opinion about it. I you know, I don't I don't know if any hunters did, but I'd sure at least like the opportunity to submit yeah. my opinion about it.
1: Yeah, it'd be easy to collect that data.
0: Yeah. I like that idea. Man, have you submitted that idea to them and said, hey, do this?
1: No, I have a buddy who's pretty high up, though. I think I could talk to him maybe and and I don't know if he would listen, but at least I could get it into the people who need to know it.
0: So I'm going to sit down with Wyatt Buback. He's been on my podcast mm-hmm. a couple of times. He's the, the chief there. and I'm going mm-hmm. to tell him that he needs to do that. Well, And I asked them about like, man, we're going down a rabbit hole here like crazy, but like, <laughs> you know, kind of along the lines with the, the shed rules. Same with the trail cameras. How are they going to enforce it? It's just going to be impossible mm-hmm. to enforce. And the thing is, again, same with sheds, is the people, the good upstanding, whatever you want to call the, those hunters aren't going to do it. But the people that are going to break the law are still going to break the law. So it's really not going right. to matter. So there's still going to be shed antlers picked up before May 1st in some of these states. There's still going to be trail cameras that are put out there. There's still pe- people baiting over, you know, with trail cameras and hunting over bait and things like that. So,
1: yeah,
0: you know, the people that well, follow the think- rules will follow the rules, but...
1: Yeah. I think bad laws and bad rules in general incentivize people to break them. And you look at that like Nevada shed law means that there's going to be a whole bunch of dudes that get way more sheds because they're willing to break the law. They're willing to go out early. They're willing to take the risk of a minor ticket that probably won't even end up getting, you know, that written and the same thing with the trail cameras in Utah, like, especially because it totally comes down to intentions. If you put a trail camera on the tree and the division or somebody sees it, there reports it. Then they have to figure out whose trail camera is it. Do they have a valid license? Do they have a tag in this area? Are they within the date? It's just, it's a nightmare for enforcement. It's never going to get enforced.
0: I say they're not
2: going to do that.
1: You know they're wow. not going to enforce that. Well, so. Especially
2: if you're hiking any, any bit of distance, and it's not because they're lazy. They just don't have the time. No, like they've got to cover. Like Ben said, they got to cover so much country. It's like they're not going to go for a two mile hike looking for trail cameras. No, they're, they're going to do their best they can as quickly as possible.
0: Yep. Yeah. So let's combine these two going back to the tips and tactics, part of this, this podcast and get us back online here. But Ben, do you use trail cameras to mm-hmm. like, identify where animals are at? So you know where to be for shed season?
1: Uh, not that much. Okay. Uh, I have put them out in the past, but it's mostly cause I just want to get like a cool video or something of a bull, maybe like a one horn or dropping an antler or something. Um, but I don't really focus on them. Uh, I'm trying to think like if I've used them really at all. Um I've I've put them like up on some high basins and stuff just to see if I'll get bulls on them and gone back and pull them back like after shed season. I've never really had anything on them so. Mm-hmm. I don't use them much. I mostly use them for archery hunting.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much. Yeah. Well, I I guess I leave mine up pretty much all year round, but yeah, that's mainly the thing I'm going to use them for is archery hunting cuz they move so much during the rifle season. Mm-hmm and i have never used them really for shed hunting. The only reason i asked that is i was reading an article the other day by the OKest hunter guys um they're back east and I, I can't remember where wisconsin or something like that. And so
1: yeah, I, i've seen their stuff. Yeah,
0: i get why maybe they do it because a lot of those deer are still going to follow the same trails and come into the same fields, but i just don't see the benefit of using it out west.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's all of it comes down to like you can get cool footage. Like yeah. it doesn't really help that much in the shed game um, or even really in the hunting world. It helps to a degree, but like not, I don't think it's like what they say people, I mean, people say it's like cheating. I don't think it's that either. No. But, um, yeah. Like I have a buddy who they have a lease in Iowa and he was getting cell camera pictures and he was seeing all oh, this deer's got one side. That means his other side is going to be close to this camera. So I think if you have like a more confined deer movement, that really help
0: like white like especially yeah 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 makes sense Thanks. let me ask you another question sorry i'm, I'm full of questions because i just wanted to see how that's you good. how you do things um so a lot of people i know and this is how i honestly this is how i shed hunt i sit on a hill and i spend a lot of time glassing. and anybody that's watched your videos know that you do a lot of the same thing and so um what, what's kind of your ratio as far as far as glassing versus just Putting the boot tracks and putting the miles on. How do you like to do it?
1: Um, I like to glass a lot. I like to hunt country that's glassable, steep faces, um, where you can see a long ways or where you can get up above a basin. And for me, like glassing is usually a starting point. Like I'll glass. Like uh, my goal will be like, okay, I'm going to hunt my way to that point that looks like a good glassing point. I might pick something up along the way, but then I'll get up and I'm like, I'm going to make myself sit here for an hour. Like I'll set a timer in my phone or like whatever to like keep me there for one hour. And then I'll start picking stuff apart. And even if I glass up a shed, the temptation is always just like jump up and go grab it right then. Yeah. I always just get excited. I'm like, I want to go get it, but I'll make myself sit and I'll make myself move, you know, 50 yards and get a different angle on the same country. I'm like move around the back of the point and look the other way. And then I'll just use those sheds that I glass up as starting points for where I'm going to like grid and really hit it hard. And so, I mean, I probably only glass like one out of 10 sheds, Mm -hmm. but glassing that shed leads me to find a lot more because when I go to get it, when I'm like dialed in on the country where they're, where they're at.
0: How far do you grid out usually when, so when you glass that shit up, you see that shed, how, how far do you go? Do you have a set grid that you try to keep within?
1: I just follow the sign. I'm always looking at tracks. I'm always looking at uh, piles of droppings and whatever rubs. And I'm always just, just following the best and the hottest sign. If you get to a little area where you can tell they've been all over there's tracks going every direction, then I'll just start gridding back and forth And I'll just kind of look on the map and see like oh it looks like they're traveling this this basin or this draw and I'll just start gridding the whole thing back and forth.
0: that's cool i'm I'm a, I don't know why it's weird it's funny how YouTube like I love following shed hunters on YouTube. I, it's the weirdest thing that we would like to watch people pick up sheds. I have no idea why we do, but I absolutely freaking love it. And so yeah, me too. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm sure you consume probably as much or more of, of that stuff than I do. Um, but it's funny cause like I'd watch some of the places, uh, some of the, the channels like antler trader, you know, Josh, I, yep. actually you've done some, you've done quite a bit of collab stuff, uh, with him in the past, but I felt like he just walked, he just went every, you know, he just walked everywhere. I didn't, you didn't really see him glass as much as you do. Like when I'm watching your channel, I feel like you sit down and glass quite a bit, so yeah. It's a good uh, good time to plug uh, Vortex. You're a Vortex guy. Congrats on the the pick in the in the book, by the way. Got it back here. That was awesome, (laughs) dude. Did you know they were gonna do that?
1: No, I didn't. I uh, they asked me to send some photos over this year, just for promotional use, whatever. And I had some cool photos that, like, some professional ones and stuff that people had taken. And uh, so I just sent them some on like a share file and then they sent me a copy of that catalog with like a little card and it's like go to page 106 or whatever <laughs> it was i opened it up and i was like oh dang it's yeah. just like one of those things you know like childhood dream or whatever
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie I, when i went through the the catalog first i didn't even pay attention and then you you posted and i was like no
1: freaking ways! <laughs> so i had to
0: go look it up I was like that's sweet yeah
1: <laughs> it was cool those guys are really cool i've been lucky to have worked with them for a long time so i feel like uh Maybe I get hooked up in that department a little bit.
0: Dude, Vortex. Folks. those guys are, are the best. You know, I know there's sure. other brands out there, but just just working with those guys. I like going to the expo this weekend, I'm, I'm like just as stoked to just go talk with the guys and, and hang out with them as I really am anything. So great products, yeah. but also great guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a great crew. And they stayed small for a long time. You know, used to just be a handful of people, but now they're just, it's huge. It's a huge company, but they maintain that small feel. They're good folks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a call with them today. It was, it was a lot of fun. Just just talking about some of the new products that they have, have coming out. But man, I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time behind those products looking for, for shed antlers on Hills and man I, with the, the spotting scopes, you can look for miles for mm-hmm. that stuff. So it's, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. They make some cool stuff. Like I love their 12 by fifties like those UHDs. I don't know if you had a chance to peek through those yet, but that, that glass is unreal. Dude. It's funny too. Cause like, I hang out with a lot of guys that talk a lot of smack, you know, they run swirl and all this stuff like, Oh man, you know, Vortex, my buddy, Ben Sandal is uh-huh. you know, like, a, he's a glass snob for sure. And I finally got him. I'm like, dude, look through these 12s right here. And he just looked through them and he's like quiet for a long time. He's just like, damn yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Those are good. Like he, he hated to admit it, but he's like, those I'm- are good
2: i've got the 18 the 18s the uhds and yeah it's completely changed how i glass because i know. used to have my spotting scope and get it all out now i don't even mess with the spotter yeah mm-hmm. i use my tens and if i see something out come the 18s i sit down i'm like oh man i can see so much
1: stuff with these yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. those are money i love those for coos deer especially the water yeah.
0: you just did you just barely go on a coos deer hunt
1: yeah i hunted them with my bow in january and mm-hmm. then uh I killed one back in October down in Arizona too.
0: Nice. That's, that's something on my bucket list. In fact, I was talking to my, my hunt crew today and we were trying to decide if we're going to go to Colorado again this year, if we're going to go and, and hunt coos deer in Arizona. And I think yeah. we're leaning more towards going, I've never, never killed a coos deer. So yeah, it's on my list.
1: They're awesome, man. They're uh they're a different kind of challenge. They're fun though. They're really fun. They're just
0: itty bitty. Gosh, they're uh-huh. itty bitty, man. I was, yeah. I was watching your stuff and they're tiny.
1: Yeah. That's the best thing about them. you can shoot one and like throw in your backpack it's no big deal
0: that's awesome
1: (laughs) so awesome
0: oh shoot but i was going to tell a story like so going back to the vortex thing i kind of did the same thing you did i was sitting on a mountainside and i had a guy that was sitting next to me didn't know who he was he came up and he's like hey do you mind if i sit down and look like fine you know we just kind of shot the breeze there for a little bit and he had he had some swaros there and i had my my UHs, but i just had my tens Mm -hmm. and uh he's like hey can i look through those And kind of similar to what you did, he he looked through it, and then he kind of looked at me for a second, then he looked through it for a little while, and he's like, how much did these things cost you? And we started talking about, you know, kind of the price difference between the two, and he's like, man, why the hell did I buy Swarovskis when I can have this? This is just as good or better than mine. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you. Yep, they're top tier, man. They're good. So, all right, that's enough plug-in, Vortex. You're welcome, guys. (laughs) Um, Any other tips and tricks that, that you try to use, Ben, when you're out there shed hunting?
1: Um, just like a lot of, I guess for me is mental, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, just try to lie to yourself and tell yourself that you're having a good time. <laughs> so you don't quit and go home Yeah, because miles, miles equal piles. I tell everybody that, you know, like <laughs> stick it out, you know, stay the last few hours of daylight, stay till dark. And like some of the best experiences I've had shed hunting are like an hour after I wanted to quit you stay that little bit longer and ride right at dark, you just get a big glow and white set or something. So yeah, just, just stay out, stay out there, hunt more.
0: It's one thing I think you're, you do a very good job at is just making it fun. You know, it, I've got my boys that I try, that I take with me when I go shed hunting and we just make it fun. We buy sodas, you know, snacks and treats and just, we just have a good time with it. Yeah. You know, whether you That's find something or not. Be. Yeah. Yep. So have fun with it. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Anything else you do? Sorry, I, I'm I'm out of questions now. So, no. Seth, what That's about you, great. dude? What do, What do you do? You said you said you <laughs> suck at you suck at uh, picking I up. Walk.
2: Yeah, I I walk and I never pick up nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm really weird. Uh, it seems like if I find some, I, I it's like I have to find one to get the juices flowing, and then I seem to start finding more. Um, and I have really weird luck where I don't find a lot, but I usually, it seems like if I find one, I usually find the, the matching set to it. I've got a ma- couple different matching sets of deer and I've got um, one matching set of elk cause I don't find many elk, but all of them have been fairly close though. That's what I was actually going to ask Ben. How many matching sets do you find pretty close or are they miles away from, from where It depends.
1: You um, like in the desert, they're typically a little bit more spread out unless they drop them right on top of each other. Like the odds of matching them up are pretty slim. Yeah. So like, even if we find a really big shed, if I don't match them up, like within an hour, I start to lose interest because those bulls can cover so much country. If they drop one side, go into water or whatever they're doing, who knows where the other one could be. Um, the biggest set of elk sheds I ever picked up um, were like 3.2 miles apart. Oh, they There's... Wow so far apart Eesh. like and i found them two days apart and i didn't even cross my mind that it was the same bowl when i found it because i found his one side it was giant triple brow huge huge side and then we put that back at camp i went hike the next day and the next evening i dropped down off of a finger like three something miles away and there's this other giant just a straight six point and i'm like geez that's another giant single tried to match him up Went back to camp, slept. The next day, we're loading everything up to go home, and I was putting them all together, and I'm like, holy crap, that's his other side. Put those two together, I'm like, oh, that's this giant set. So wow. it just depends. The best is when they're just parked, though. I love it when they're just sitting on top of there within 10 yards. That's, sure. Oh, man, that's what I'm for. I'm getting <laughs> excited now. I was going to
0: say, you're you getting me, you get me really excited. I want to get out there and, and start looking that's for right. these things. I'm going next week with my cousin. So
1: now I'm excited. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Lucky bugger. It's about time. I, uh, I got some trips planned too. I think I got one coming up here. Um, I got to get expo week out of the way, but I think the following weekend I'll make my first, it'll be a deer trip somewhere. And then yep. once, once the elk drop, I'll forget all about deer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. Go. I'm with you on that. We'll we'll Fine. Leave so. them for me. I'll find them. <laughs>
1: Dude. Didn't it- have them.
0: If you need a, a a compadre to go with you, I'm not very far, man. You ought to give me a give me yeah. a ring or shoot me a text. Let me know. I'd love to go hang out on yeah, we'll, the mountain with you.
1: Yeah, let's go try some of your spots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a couple new spots I do want to try. I'd love to take you to those and see what you think.
1: I'd be about it, man. That's the way that's a good way to do it too. The first time you go out with somebody, it's like, let's just pick a spot on the map, and go try it, see what happens. So yeah. Some of the best days I don't know I've had have been just like that. Me and uh uh, who did me and uh rising shed you guys know Wes.
0: yeah yep me, me
1: and him hit a random spot uh for deer sheds one time in nevada just absolutely cleaned house nice so it's it's fun just get out and go try
0: it heck yeah for sure hey real quick um you know, we have a lot of people on our that listen to our podcast that are very very new into hunting and you know we're talking about matching up antlers and, and what do you look for i mean i, I, mean, I i'm I can answer that question, but what do you look for to make sure that you're matching up antlers to, to identify that they are a match set?
1: Um, the burrs are the most telling thing for me. Uh, the shape of them, how dished out they are or not, the size of them. Um, if you put a set of elk burrs side by side, like they'll be a similar shape unless one has a broken pedicle or something funky going on. Um, they won't be perfectly round most of the time. Like There'll be a dish in or something and they'll almost always match, and then if you put those burrs up to each other they should fit on top of each other like perfectly and that's the easiest way to tell it's hard um like you can tell by general size you know putting them down configuration if they have you know big thirds or whatever it's easier but the burrs for me are like the giveaway
0: that's i had a question come in we uh on one of the articles that we did that asked that like how do you how can you even tell because i mean i can't remember whose video it was but they one of the videos, I mean, they were completely different. Like it was one side was huge and the other side was just like this ding. So I don't, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was a little bit messed up, but it was still a match set. And that's what kind of what we ended up explaining was that it was a, you had to look at those birds and it was pretty yeah. evident on him that it was a, he was, a, it was a match set for him. So
1: yeah. And some of them, I mean, it's hard to tell there's been sets that I've picked up even, you know, close to each other. And like two, three days later, you're looking at him, you're like, I don't know, like maybe not, it's not a hundred percent for sure, but if you, if you match the burrs up and the same general size, then that's a pretty good indicator.
0: You know, another question that came in was like, do you, how often do you actually take those, those sheds and, uh, and turn them into like a European mount or a, a horn mount? Do you ever do that?
1: I have, uh, no, no, I never have. Um, I have one deadhead bull that, uh, is going to be eventually mounted somewhere. Uh, I picked it up in Arizona. It's like a three ninety type deadhead. Oof. He's. And he was chalky white. I had, uh, I had McCade down here, do a restoration job on it. He did a really good job. So eventually I'll mount that bull up, uh, but uh, I have some deer sheds that I would maybe throw on to a skull, but I I think they're cooler as sheds. Mm -hmm. So like I like to be able to hold them. I like to look at the burr. I don't want to drill into the burrs to mount them. So I I think they're cooler just to sheds.
0: I'm kind of the same way. I like to decorate with them, you know, throw them on shelves and and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's, I'm kind of the same way as you are. Unless it's something like if I find a, yeah, 390 plus bull that's unique. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely mount that guy. Yeah. So I got
1: one set kicking around here that my uncle found. Um, It's like a four, I think they're 410. But I'm going to bring them up to the expo. He picked them up a long time ago, but um, you guys have to come check them out. That bull's something else. His one pound weighs 17 and a half pounds. His His one horn weighs 17 and a half pounds so he's, he's pretty crazy you guys will have to come hold them. they're going to be in our booth
0: yeah so so what are you doing at the expo i was going to ask you that what do you you have a booth set up for you guys or what what's the plan there
1: yeah so i'll just be in with canvas cutter that's kind of what i've done the last few years and i'll have some apparel there some merchandise and stuff and um i'll bring i'm gonna bring the deer i killed this year and then i'll bring uh that set of sheds and just kind of hang out so if anybody wants to come check them out buy a hat dude buy a bedroll we'll be around
0: For sure. Yeah. We'll love to, we'll stop by and I'd love to check those out. Good night. That's freaking huge.
1: Yeah. They'll blow your mind when you pick them up.
0: See, that's, that's what I need to find. As soon as my first time out this year, I need to find one of those sheds. That's
1: well, oh dude, they're the biggest like heartbreak story ever too, because I tried to find them. Like I had, I didn't know that specific bull was in that area, but I shed hunt where he found them a lot. And I had been in there, uh, like at least three times while those sheds were on the ground and been close to, and like, he didn't remember exactly where he found them. He was just up, I think he was like, can't remember what he was doing, looking for rocks or something. He's into like geology mm-hmm. and he found them and, uh, he called me and he's like, I found a giant set of elk horns. I'm like, send me a picture. And I, He sent me a picture of him. I was like, dude, are you kidding? But when he told me where he found them, I'm like, I was within 300 yards or less of those antlers, at least three times. And uh, I never, never spotted him. He just happened to walk in the right clearing and picked him up. Dude,
0: that's how it is, how it goes sometimes, man. Sometimes it's it's all about the luck and, and just walking in the right place. I mean, we, we've we shared a lot of cool tips and tactics today that you can definitely u- utilize to help improve it, but a lot of it comes down to just putting in the miles and, and walking in the right spot. Get lucky. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Luck's as much as anything. So...
0: Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us a little bit, sharing some of your secrets. Uh, I'll expect that pin, you know, to come yeah. over via text of that that beautiful spot. But
1: <laughs> yeah, just watch your phone; it'll be there soon.
0: Yeah, it'll, eventually, someday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where do we? Where can people go get that cool hat you have on there?
1: So this one will be on my site. I'll have it at the expo. Okay. Um, I've been I've been backward on them forever, but I finally got some stock, so I'll have it at the show, or else it'll be on my site like next week, hopefully. Which is getshedcrazy.com.
0: Shedcrazy.com. and you can find him is Shed Crazy on every social media. Check him out on on Twitter. It's a hoot. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't tweeted anything since about 2001
0: uh, Oh, sorry, not Twitter. I meant TikTok. That's what <laughs> TikTok. I meant. Not not Twitter. TikTok.
1: Maybe I'll get Twitter going next.
0: I think Twitter's dying, man. I, I I don't I don't know. I'm not a Twitter fan. TikTok is what I meant. Yeah, I love TikTok. So we t-
1: yeah
0: kind of talked about that. So. Well, cool, man. Well, I, again, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of this with you. We'll catch up with the at the Expo this weekend and uh, you actually know, be able to shake your hand and say hi, maybe pick up a cool hat or something like that while we're there.
1: Sweet. Yeah, we'll plan on it.
0: Cool. Sounds good, Ben. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. See ya. All right. See you guys.